Hello and welcome back to the Legal Social Club, the place where we talk about all the latest facts, memes, trends and the best guests. So let's get started. My name is Jordan. And my name is Rachel. And today we have got a very, very inspiring guest who has well shook up the legal world, which she's been on most of our screens, an absolute idol. She's the founder and managing partner of Thrive Law, many other things that we're going to talk about today. Please welcome Jodie Hale. <laughs> thank you guys. Oh no, thank you for having me on and for rearranging so many times. <laughs> it's okay. Why don't you give a little um, introduction to who Jodie Hill is? Of course. So, um, so as you said, I, I'm the founder of Thrive Law. So I set Thrive Law up three years ago now. We're an employment law firm based up in Leeds. Um, but actually, I trained as a barrister, cross-qualified um, in 2013, became a solicitor, and then in 2018 is when I set Thrive Up. So I was actually only 29 when I set my own firm up. Um, so pretty bold move. Um, had ha- actually just had a, a really, really poor year with my mental health, had a breakdown, and decided in a moment of madness, um, I'm going to set my own firm up, because that's what you do after you've had a breakdown, right? <laughs> Um, but actually, it's been really positive. I, I mean, I took the view that you know, if I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna set up a firm, um, you know, the worst thing that can happen is I'll go get a job as a solicitor. So um, really grateful I didn't have to get a job because I don't think I'm employable anymore. <laughs> um, too, I'm thinking too difficult. Um, but no, it's um, so yeah, we're go- we're going strong now. I've got like 11 people in the team, um, and yeah, going from strength to strength. I'm going to jump straight into the quick fire round, but I definitely, we definitely going to be talking about all your, the cross qualification, what it's like to own a law firm and everything like that. But first question of the quick fire round is if you didn't go down the legal route, what career would you have chosen and why? So I think I would have been a psychiatrist because I am really interested in mental health and I studied psychology at A level and when I was a kid I actually wanted to be a doctor but I didn't get an A in biology so I became a lawyer instead (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I've always been really interested in the mind the brain and obviously doing what I do in in employment law working in the kind of mental health space I kind of fallen into that anyway Um, but yeah I think I'd go down that route if I was clever enough (laughs) What is your go-to alcoholic drink on a night out? It depends what kind of night out. Can I can I pick two? Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. go for it. Yeah, you're mixing drinks. You mixing drinks. I mix. Oh, I'm a, I'm a mixer. <laughs> um, well, the thing is, if you ask my team, they'll always say it's an espresso martini wherever we go. I do love an espresso martini, especially if you can go like salted caramel or a bit of chocolate in there. Um, but if I'm kind of drinking like daytime vibes, um, then probably more like a, like a pink gin and tonic in a big big bowl. Yeah, a gobbler, <laughs> a full-on gobbler. gobbler yeah. 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 Um, another kind of legal-related question yeah. um, is, if you didn't go down the employment law route, what area would you have wanted to specialise in? Ooh, that's a really interesting one. Do you know what? I've never been asked that question before. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, do you know, when I was studying, I was actually really, really good at crime, and I really was interested in criminal law. Um I took the view that that, it wasn't for me at the time. Um, But I think kind of if I had my time again, I'd probably do something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is quite controversial, I think, when you're like, uh, like when you're in a more corporate world, because it's the complete opposite. But I just think like, I just like to see what it would be like doing something completely different. Yeah. Yeah, it's so exciting criminal though. When you're studying it, it's always, I don't know anyone that's like, oh, I hate it, it's boring. Yeah. 
Oh, it's so good. And when my mentor was a QC um, in, in crime in, in London. And he, when I was doing the bar course, and I just used to go to trials and watch like criminal trials, like murder trials and stuff with him. And I was just like, oh, this is so exciting. I just feel like, feel like that's what like a, I don't know, like I would say a proper lawyer, but like that's what you kind of imagine <laughs> a lawyer to do. Like you're in court and you're like, oh, someone's been killed. And like, you know, all these bad things have happened and there's so much drama. It feels like there's so much more drama. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah there is. I think, uh, yeah, I think criminal. What is the drunkest you've ever been, a Laura fan? Oh, God. Rachel, this was your question anyway. I know, I just don't feel really <laughs> The drunkest I've ever been at a law event or probably a networking event, I think probably. Do you know what? It's probably when I was at the Inns of Court because when you're training at the bar, they just give you, when you do your, uh, if, I don't know if you know, but you have to have your uh, dinner. So you go down 12 yeah. times to have dinner and you drink a lot of red wine. Um, and me and my friend were, I mean, I love red wine anyway, but like when you're straight out of uni drinking loads of red wine, like that's probably the first time you drank that much red wine. Because you know, Yeah, it's it not, kills you. You know what, it, it kills you. And then they're like bringing port out and cheese and there's more and there's more. And honestly, like, I think that for me, it was just a killer because it's like an all night thing on red wine. It's the intense. But yeah, there was a few nights like that. And me and one of my friends always reminisce. And I think he ended, he actually got lost and ended up in like some gay club somewhere, like on his own. <laughs> And he isn't even gay. And he was like, I don't know who I was with. Um, I don't, I just passed out. But he, yeah, he ended up, I didn't make it to the next day. I think we were doing like an advocacy presentation as well. And he was just like, he didn't even make it. I was like, where are you? <laughs> it's so bad when you've got to show up the next day. Literally. I was glad I passed out. That's it with red wine that makes you sleep. Yeah. 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 And then, so when you're having it like on a night out and you're trying to keep going, it's, I think you kind of get even drunker because you're just like, you're fighting, yeah. wanting to sit by a fire and go to sleep. Next question is um, this is Rachel's special, actually, but I, I took it from her. Um, what's your star sign? Do you believe in them? And do you think you are a whatever your star sign is? Yeah, I am a Leo. I am very Leo. I am born in August. Um, and I'm actually going to get a massive lion tattoo on my leg over summer. So really? <laughs> I believe in it that much. Yeah, I absolutely. Um, yeah, I, 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 I say believe in it. I feel like I have a lot of traits of a of a of a Leo. So it's kind of like the loyalty, brave, bold, loud. That's me. <laughs> yeah, she, you are a Leo. Yeah, I am I a Leo. Yeah, <laughs> I would have said maybe Leo or Libra. Oh, what's that, a Libra? Yeah. What, when's Libra? Libra's like, um, Catherine's a Libra. It's like, um, I'm pretty sure she's a Libra. She's on the cusp of Scorpio. That's how untrue we are. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's like October going into November. I think very start yeah. of November. And oh, quite... well, yeah, I love her. She is amazing. So maybe Leos and Libras get on really well. <laughs> yeah, maybe. yeah. So once lock, well, we've, well, this is previous, isn't it? We were prepared. Yeah. Once lockdown is fully lifted, now lockdown's fully lifted, where is the place you want to go the most abroad or in the UK? Well, it's not fully lifted. We can't go away yet. Oh, so where will you be going first, Jodie? Yeah, so when I can go abroad, I would love to get somewhere in the sun. I like to be by the sea and I really like surfing. So I'd love to go to, I had got uh, had Morocco planned for Christmas Eve and I couldn't go because the government closed the borders on Christmas Eve. So I'd like to go and do that holiday that I've paid for and haven't had a refund for, that would be really nice. Um, or, or, or somewhere like Thailand where I can kind of surf and beach and yeah. That's that's my vibes, very hippie vibes. Like I went to Bali a few years ago and just like that, like no shoes, no makeup. That's I love that. 
Oh, I went to um, any of those. Have you? I went to Thailand um, in 2018. It was the uh, the best place on earth. Like it's honestly incredible. It's so not too keen on Bangkok. It wasn't because that's more like a city. Intense. Yeah. 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 So all like the islands though. uh, It was it was like heaven on earth. The the seas just bright blue and the, the yeah. sun's just like why it's oh it's absolutely incredible and it's so cheap as well that's the best part it's literally like <laughs> a pound if, drink. if i can go i'm gonna try and go for a month over christmas and new year oh. and when work oh. remotely um travel around and then have like a couple of weeks like just on an island like t- zoned out so that, that's oh, my goodness. ideal I want to do that like at least once a year I was going to actually do it this Christmas and then every- I was like oh yeah I'm sure we'll be out of lockdown by then <laughs> and then borders have been closed completely like, obviously Thailand was just shut they didn't even let anyone in yeah um so yeah I haven't actually been to Thailand I've done Vietnam Cambodia Bali but I haven't been wow. to Thailand I did it the other way around <laughs> we will go straight into the kind of main the main show really of all about your personal life all about work life everything to do with Jodie Hill um do you want to kick us off Rachel yeah sure just uh first one brief and I know you shared this loads journey from school up until where you are now Oh, wow. Okay. So I actually went to lots of schools. I lived abroad in Germany and Cyprus. Um, So I actually grew up as a pad brat. I was an army child. Um, And in one year, I went to three schools in three countries. Um, So my mum then looked to get me a a scholarship at a boarding school. And when I was 11, I went to boarding school in the UK, in New York. Um, And so I was really lucky to go there. Although I was definitely the poorest kid in the school, like turned up with Adidas poppers, like (laughs) crunching my hair. I had 12 year olds with like Louis Vuitton handbags. And I was like, mum, what's that? I had no idea. Um, Completely like, just had no idea. So yeah, I went to boarding school, uh, hated it to start with, then loved it. Um, were very few girls in my boarding school. There was like three in my year, I think, that boarded. Wow. So it was mainly boys, um, very sporty, did loads of like hockey, netball, um, toured New Zealand and all sorts on, on, a, on a hockey tour. Oh my um, God. And then, and then I went to, I was going to go to uh, uni in London. I was going to go to Queen Mary's and then... Um, I was actually quite unwell and I didn't get the three A's that I was predicted. I got three A's in my AS levels and then I got two B's and a C. So I actually panicked and went through clearing and was like, Fuck, oh my, am I allowed to swear? Um, and I just thought, oh my God, everything, oh, my world has ended. So I went to, uh, I went through clearing and I went to Leeds Beckett and it's the best thing I ever did because it's definitely a better fit for me. Um, I actually I went there and through really- clearing. Yeah, 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 you see? They take the best people in. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like I did I did actually, I was actually born in Leeds and I, I haven't lived here since I was like two. So I feel like something's brought me back to Leeds and and then I, and then I, yeah, I, I qualified um, in Leeds at the bar course in Leeds as well and stayed here. So I'm set my firm up here. I've got a bit of an affinity to Leeds now. I do really like it here. Yeah. I love Leeds. Yeah. Honestly, it's great. Such a good city. Yeah. You guys have to come out in Leeds. I live in Leeds. Oh, you yeah. Do? Well. I live in Leeds, yeah. Well, then with espresso martinis on me. Exactly. <laughs> we got, got Angelica's. It's fine. Yeah. When you was going down the, the, the barrister route, um, what initially attracted you to becoming a barrister um, before cross-qualifying into the solicitor route? Um, 
Um, so I would probably say it was more around giving. So I think for me, I wanted to become a lawyer because I wanted to give people a voice. And for me, it was that the whole advocacy piece, the whole kind of being in court and really learning that quite niche skill. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really what attracted me to that to that to the profession. Um, but then I kind of realised in employment law, you can do your own advocacy as a solicitor. So I kind of got the best of both worlds and I was able to cross qualify in the firm I was working as a paralegal and I could use my experience a bit like with the SQE now, how you can use your experience for two years um, and then take an exam. I did that, but I took the, the QLTT, which is the cross qualified uh, lawyers transfer test. So I basically transferred over and I didn't have to do the LPC, whereas now you actually have to do the LPC and then do it so it's a bit different um so I was quite lucky in fact I was the last cohort of people allowed to do that so I feel like I cheated a little bit because I didn't do the LPC but I do teach on the LPC I teach it bracket so uh I do know the LPC um but no it's it's um I think like with employment law you can do both you can be in in tribunal but you can also have the benefit of liaising with the clients on a day-to-day and doing the litigation um all the way up to tribunal not just turning up on the day so Mm. yeah quite that's why I quite like that kind of role really not a planned question what do you which modules do you teach and how did you get into that I didn't Um, know until last week that you taught yeah so I've been teaching for seven years on the LPC now oh my god and I actually teach a master's and the undergraduate law degree as well but um I actually at the moment I only teach LPC but I've taught um HR master's undergrad law um for employment law um I only teach employment law. I did teach contract law for a little bit but found it a bit boring <laughs> yeah, we're all in that crew um, yeah it wasn't for me I was like oh but yeah so I actually what actually I was so lucky this is really about timing so um my old law tutor you might know who he is Steve Woods from uh, Leeds Beckett no see this is because I'm a lot older um so he basically contacted me and just said look our tutor this is like I was maybe one year's qualified two years qualified and he said oh um, our tutor for employment law is is sick he's like really sick unexpectedly he's not going to be back for like nine months he's having really serious operation we need someone to step in can you do it so I just said yes I had no idea what I was doing like I've never oh great it. and I'd never even obviously studied the LPC so I was a bit like um, oh, <laughs> then, yeah literally so I did it and then and then the, every time they said oh do you want to teach this do you want to teach that I just said yes um and then yeah I've now been doing it like eight seven eight seven or eight years and I'm like I'm actually employed by the university as an employee and I do it that way um really? great it's, it's opened up some really um really great doors and actually I get to, t- to give back and, and that's what what I love about the teaching part of what I do because I can train people and really you know I've got the practical experience I do it every day so there's nothing more annoying when someone's trying to teach you and they haven't been in practice for 20 years and they don't really yeah. know what it's like so um yeah my students always say they get quite a lot out of it because I can talk about like a real case and I can bring up like real documents so yeah yeah. yeah that is fab actually what a difference would that make if more if more tutors di- were actually doing it this is yeah. a, actually this has just popped to mind as well one more thing um obviously you're, you're, you're quite big on like your fitness and everything like that obviously see it all over your instagram it's amazing um how do you schedule that in then if you're working <laughs> at five o'clock what, what time do you wake up yeah so I get so I get up at five and I go to um I feed the dogs and then I do a little bit of work and then I go for a walk at six and then I come back and do a little bit more work and then I go gym at 10 o'clock till 11 Uh, Monday Wednesday Friday 
because uh, I have PT sessions and I book it as a PT because if I don't do that I'll just go oh just one more email just one more email yeah. mm-hmm. so I do that and then I do um on the mornings where I don't do gym I'll do yoga first thing and do it that way um but yeah and then the other the other way to fit it in is to do it with people so it's a social thing so I always think like if I'm going to see someone for tea I'll say come and do a workout and tea or we'll go for a walk and do tea so yeah fitting that in and I make sure I do an hour at least an hour to two hours every day of walking as well but I factor to how you factor that in is do it on calls or listen to a podcast so I do it doing something else yeah 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 kind of sending it's like you away with your thoughts and stuff yeah 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 what has been uh what is the biggest worry and the biggest positive of owning your own firm okay so the biggest worry I would say hmm. I think owning your own firm when when it was just me was really difficult because it was kind of like I had to wear so many hats I think the biggest worry was I was going to get something wrong um mm-hmm. you're trying to be everybody like you forget like in a, you probably don't even realize when you work in a big firm how much goes into it because you've got all the different departments you know someone just raises invoices someone just collects it someone just does the compliance someone just does the marketing like everything is done for you and you just you're just a lawyer but when you run a firm you wear all the hats you do all the compliance and so yeah I think for me the biggest worry is like dropping a ball <laughs> like and just being like oh yeah. um but then obviously like now I've got a bit more of a structure um because I've got more people and I've got people to rely on I worry like less about that now I'd say um but yeah there's it, there's just it's very difficult to manage your time because you're kind of pulled in so many directions I think that can be really difficult to give everything the time that you want to give it um and not spend too much in one area or, or with one person and leave people or areas um lacking so that that can be a really big challenge um positives um freedom and being able to make decisions that really impact people and make a difference like you can't do that in a big firm because you have to wait a year for a decision to be made um so yeah I think the the fact that we're the fact that I'm I am the only shareholder means that I what I not what I say goes but you know if I want want but it is like if I want something to happen but also the other benefit is um and it's something we're about to launch I haven't actually told my team yet but I can tell you guys because they probably I'll tell them next week (laughs) um but basically we're part of Thrive a part of being a member of Thrive is that you you have a voice and it doesn't matter what level you are we want to hear what your ideas are and so we're bringing in our like innovation days where we're going to have like one day a quarter where we just have loads of ideas and every person has to come no matter how junior or senior they are they have to come with ideas and we're going to start to put them all on a board and then vote for them so they'll be anonymous we won't know whose idea they are and then we will start to generate uh better ways of working whether that's using tech whether that's um introducing new people new methods whatever it is if people think actually I could do this better then tell me don't be don't think that because I it's my idea that's the best way because that's not the way you know and I think we can all learn from each other and I can certainly learn from my younger members of my team but also from you know from the consultants and from, from everyone you know I think everybody should have an equal voice and I think you know having my own firm that's a huge positive because I can give that to people um next question um this is kind of it can be to do with law it can be away from law um just in general uh what or who is uh, your go-to when it comes to inspiration on general life 
My go-to. Oh, see, I don't think I have a go-to. Really? Yeah. Like I, I read like quite a lot of books and I kind of flip between like where my mind's at at that time and what I'm reading, what I'm into. Like I'm really enjoying, for the first time in a really long time, I'm really enjoying podcasts. I've actually like been kind of flitting between quite a lot of audio books and books mm. um but the past few weeks i've been listening to quite a lot to fern cotton's happy place um and uh, jay shetty's purpose and the ceo what's he called stephen bart oh uh, yeah yeah i've seen that yeah so like kind of like flitting between so i wouldn't say i have like a go-to person because i don't feel like i don't feel like i have like a go-to role model out there um yeah, it's a weird one. But I would say like in the, in the um, like it recently, one of the, the kind of the idols that I've really looked up to is actually Michelle Obama. I think like what she stands for. And when I read her book, I was just like, whoa. And obviously she's a lawyer. Mm. Um, she stands for so many things that I stand for in terms of diversity and inclusion. And she's really value driven and she's really, really people first. And I, I absolutely love that approach. So I think like what she stands for and embodies, but um but yeah i feel like she's sick like she's in america <laughs> we <want someone> <laughs> um but yeah i i don't know it's one of those isn't it like i think you you move i i change i change my mindset quite a lot and i'm constantly growing so i kind of need something else i don't always look like the same thing yeah no that's good. yeah, yeah no that makes sense that what does. about in law who do you admire in law in law um well do you know what i actually really admire stephanie boyce um she's the new president of the law society i'm on the committee and we had her we actually had her come and speak to us today but i met her a few years ago when i was doing a presentation to the law society on mental health in the workplace and the work that she's done is just unbelievable and coming from a council estate um you know black uh, black um family you know just everything that she just fought through so many adversities to get to where she is and now she's the first black female to or the first black person actually to be um president of the law society i just think that's such a huge step for our profession and there's so much that people can really learn from her and her roadmap for this year is absolutely incredible it's really focusing on access to justice social mobility diversity and inclusion mental health um you know she really is trying to to make a really positive change and i think that's something that um, our profession really needs. So yeah, I'd probably say her like now. Previously, I used to really look up to Lady Hale. She's like my old school idol. Yeah. When it comes to lawyers um, being, you know, just, she's just, yeah. And in fact, Lady Hale, fact, is from Richmond. And that is the first, pri that first senior school I went to before I moved to Germany. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. So she's literally from like the same little town that I, I used to live in. So who knows? You, you might be the president of the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Judge Jody. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's got a good ring to it. It has got a good ring yeah. to it. Get your own yeah, ITV show as well. I know, yeah, that's probably more likely for me. <laughs> the new Judge Rinder. Judge Rinder, I <laughs> What were your initial thoughts um, when you got diagnosed with ADHD? Yeah. And how, there's a few questions here in one. How did you think it would change your work and personal life, and how has it? changed your work and personal life so how did I feel to start with yeah um, so I felt relieved to know why I was the way I was um, I was quite emotional because I was very confused for quite a long time I've been diagnosed with anxiety and PTSD I'd had 10 years worth of therapy treatment medication and 
had I have known that I also had ADHD, I probably would have been able to manage that a bit better because some of the symptoms are almost the same. Um, so yeah, so I think it was a really positive experience for me. I think some people when they're diagnosed are like, oh my God, what do I do with my life? Like, who am I? Whereas I already had an idea that I had ADHD. My friends used to call me ADHD. So there's <laughs> an That is an indication. There's an indication that people may have thought that I was already, <laughs> which I find quite funny. Um, and, you know, I've always laughed about and, and actually I was like, I should probably get like an assessment or something because like, and I, to be honest, I didn't actually know what ADHD was in like, come from a complete place of ignorance. Um, I just thought it was hyperactivity. So all the other symptoms that I had and still have, I kind of didn't attribute them to that. It was more like, that's just the way I am or it's anxiety yeah. or whatever. So, so yeah, in terms of work, I think the benefit, like, so now I'm on quite a lot of medication, but it's a really positive effect on me. So when I was having anxiety medication, I found that really difficult. Um, I didn't enjoy the medication, but it helped me with panic attacks. So I was like, well, it's, it's the lesser of two evils for me. So I took it, did what I needed to do for however many years. Whereas this, I have a really positive experience with this medication because I feel as though there is a like switch in my head that is like, I still feel like me, but I feel clearer. Okay. So I can't really describe how else it is. I feel clearer. I feel more focused. I feel like I'm on my A game. Like I feel much better. Um, I still you're giving like, that off as well. You are giving that off, huh? Yeah, definitely. Everything you do, you are, and I, you know, with I, I know you a bit. We've spoken a lot. I'm sat here like, oh yeah, it's Jodie, and Jodie's come on, but you are an amazing woman. Like you are total idol material, isn't it? <laughs> material. <laughs> but you are. Oh, but you know, you. you know what I mean. Well, do you know? I think it's it's hard because I think you know there are there are as you know I've, I'm honest with you I have had days there are days when things are just but equally yeah. I do feel when I look at like from a work perspective a pure work perspective I couldn't I actually planned my day so that I would get up early because that's when I worked really well and it got to lunchtime and I actually couldn't do any drafting I would literally have to wait till the next day because I couldn't read the screen like I couldn't focus on the words on the page because all I could see was like words and like distractions and noises and yeah sensory over like it was just but I just thought oh it's just because I work better in the morning because I'm a morning person didn't realize that actually now having the medication like I'm sat here at half past eight and I'm still on it whereas like I definitely wouldn't have been able to do this on an evening because I just I'd be so tired as well because it's so exhausting trying to manage all of those symptoms when you know you just want to do a simple task like write a letter but I think, you know, being diagnosed at 32 and being like, oh, right, that's why I did all of that. Yeah. And then that <laughs> going, oh, f if only I'd known that then. And then that <laughs> kind of explains why I am very direct and very hyperactive and very me. Um, but I, you know, I wouldn't change. And I, like one of the things I'd say, if, you know, people are kind of struggling, you know, if you want to get a diagnosis, you can do it privately. You don't have to wait, but there are like, it costs, it costs money obviously to do that, but it was the best thing I did because it took away that kind of what is what, like what, what's happening, that anxiety around the behaviors, um, and the, the emotional, um, 
sensitivity that I have because of that so when you have all of these different um symptoms it it made me really emotional and I was just like crying I was like what am I crying for again like and then you get frustrated at yourself so and it wouldn't be anything like anyone's done wrong but then it seems like you are attention seeking or you know you're pathetic or whatever and people say things that can be really hurtful because you can't control the way that you're reacting because that's just how you are um so yeah I think like the language we use when we're talking to people and always kind of thinking you know if someone's reacted in a certain way um it's probably not you it's probably something that they're going through and and just being kinder in the way that we then respond to that I think is something that um certainly people can learn from and and the 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 usage of the like the terminology and the language that they use when talking about um any neurodiverse conditions I think it really needs education in so many areas especially law firms because you know, a, lot yeah, of, a lot of lawyers don't openly that. admit that they that they have that they are neurodiverse because it can be seen as weak but actually it gives you like you know yes okay it's got all these symptoms but um if it's managed um if you've got the right medication and you've got the right coping mechanisms and support in place it's like a superpower you know you can it allows me to think it allows me to hyper focus it allows me to be creative it gives me energy it gives me lateral thinking so there's loads of positives um but the positives only come when you know like how to manage it and what to yeah. do and all of that yeah. so um so yeah I think you know that openness around it that's why that's why I want to be open and, and, and honest and say look you know just because because I think everyone associates ADHD with naughty boys it's like oh well you know those kids that never made it they're they're the ones that have ADHD and actually that's completely inaccurate and so many women are diagnosed generally as adults uh, rather than as girls we wanted to ask kind of has anybody ever been rude to you when you advocate about mental health and things like that because obviously you mentioned about um before you started your own firm you, you went through um obviously a breakdown yeah um has any have people ever kind of put their opinions across too much where it's it's rude or when, when you advocate for mental health in general um have you ever come across those people that tend to not be very nice yeah I mean, I have, I think, I think um, probably less so now, but when, I mean, I actually, ha- I have always have trolls online, like people, yeah. people are absolutely yeah. horrid. Oh yeah, like people, like, I mean, I block, I block people like all the time. I'm just like, block, delete. <laughs> you're not going to like get in my face. You're not going to get yeah. in my headspace. You get your negative energy off my page. Thank you. Um, so I just like, block. that's always my process now. But when, when I first got those types of messages where people were just like, oh, you're jumping on the bandwagon or you're, you know, you're just trying to, you're just trying to like, get attention you know like things like that which I think are really really unkind when someone's being vulnerable um yeah I just delete them but one thing that I do that I do really dislike is when um people use the wrong terminal like so I I know some people who have bipolar and how like for example that can be really it's just debilitating for them and I think less it's less so about me it's more so about like when I'm talking about these things and when people will say oh well I'm bipolar because I'm so up and down and it's like "Mm, that's not actually bipolar and and so I think sometimes the terminology and and that that kind of thing and also um like I've had I mean I've had some really difficult conversations with people who um I've actually had friends fall out with me because they're like oh you know it's too much your anxiety is too much this that and I, and you know they're not my friends anymore clearly but you know yeah, when yeah. I was uni and when you know when I was younger and kind of like 
understanding what what was even happening in my own head um trying to kind of vocalize some of that and you know even articulate like what I was even thinking was really difficult um and I think a lot of people don't or didn't then understand but I do feel like now people are really understanding and the people that I spend most of my time with all the people that I come into contact with either online or in person have actually been incredibly supportive, especially so around the neurodiversity, which I feel like is spoken about less. I feel like mental, like anxiety and depression is spoken about a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I do think there's still a lot of stigma. Um, I've been to some firms where I've presented, to, uh, I've, been, I've been asked to go and talk because they want someone with lived experience who's a lawyer that didn't leave the law, which you can't find many of them. Because uh, <laughs> most, most people are like, I'm a yoga instructor now or something else. So um, I've done a couple of uh, talks for, for big firms in the city and the amount of partners sat like this. Like, uh, yeah, oh and they're just like, are you done yet? Like, can you leave now? Like, there's that attitude, um, which is sad because, you know, it's partly their fault that people are, you know, becoming mentally unwell. Yeah. Um, so I do think there's a lot of work to do in our sector, I think. But I do think there's a positive change. And actually, um, you know, the Law Society, um, for I know, are doing a lot of work to provide support and resources for lawyers to really encourage firms to put well-being and mental health at the top the agenda and to try and destigmatize the whole conversation in the workplace because ultimately that's what we need to do it's you can't you can't just avoid the conversation we all have mental health and at some point it will decline to mental health even if it's just stress so we all will experience that at some point in our lives whether it's personally or someone that we know so why would we not want to train ourselves to talk about it in a way that's conducive and positive and a way that we can support one another like as Rach knows, I've had a really few weeks and I've been able to just say to my team, do you know what, I can't come in today because I feel therefore you guys are going to have to pick up the reins and I'll see you on Monday. And that's just how, like, unfortunately, like, you do, like, I do have those, like, wobbles still and the benefit of me being able to talk to them in that way means that if, if I am feeling like that, I know that they can help. What do you say for... The next five years for Thrive, but also, what do you see for like all the other initiatives that you're doing? Uh, so next five years, um, oh, loads are going to happen in the next five years. I feel like that's my, so we've only been going three years, and I just feel like my three year plan was like out the window, like within a year. So because I'd already done it all, so I try to just plan like a, a year at a time now, especially with COVID. Um, but we are we are looking to to well obviously we're growing we're recruiting four vacancies at the moment um and we want to just continue to grow but but we want to we're actually rebranding at the moment i just saw like the new brand uh which is really exciting wow. it's all it's all about like being people driven people focused people first people matter all that style um and so we are having a bit of a shake-up in terms of the brand and the 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 messaging and everything. So that's quite exciting. So I haven't actually mentioned that to anyone yet. So oh, it's exclusive. Exclusive. So we should have that a bit ready to launch that in May because it's our year end um, this month. So we wanted to kind of, for a new financial year, launch that. Um, 
we obviously launched our own tech um, for Thrive, uh, Thrive Wellbeing. We launched that in July. Um, and I'm super proud that we're up for an award for that against Mills and Reeves. We're like the, in the final. In fact, it was um, Catherine Bamford that mentioned, she was like, oh, look, you're, you're like, you're, you're a finalist for this tech innovation awards, which is really cool. So we want to do more in tech. Mm -hmm. um, and I really want to do more in the diversity inclusion space. So we've been working with um, some global brands to help them from a strategic perspective, uh, which is really exciting because I, I became a solicitor and now I'm like helping like massive DNI teams all over the world, like with these DNI initiatives and really just going in and looking at, I suppose like we look at things in a slightly different way to say like a consultant or a wellbeing or a diversity person would look at it because we've got lawyer hats on as well. So mm. we've got all of the risk and the compliance side around the Equality Act, alongside the people first approach so i'm really looking to diversify and do more of that because i actually i love that it's so fun like really just understanding like how we can get engagement up like i really don't like the whole uh, tick box approach when it comes to dni it's like oh well it's pride month we've done a blog on gay people like it's that's just not that's yeah. not inclusive like yeah you know, or oh well it's mental health week and um we're going to do one yoga event like companies yeah. just have to move away from that and and so the work that I'm doing with organizations is really looking at how do you keep that conversation going how do you keep it authentic what are the challenges around engagement and um and actually creating some of those safe spaces for people to be open and authentic and, and show up as their true self and for me that's why I set Thrive up I wanted to be my true self and feel comfortable and feel like I had a psychologically safe place to thrive literally that's why it's called thrive um, <laughs> and attract people who wanted to do the same and weren't driven by ego or, and money and, and actually were more people focused and um so yeah so I want to attract more people like that we are um we are a remote firm predominantly we've got leads in a London office but they're really small offices because our whole model is flexible so that gives us an opportunity to really diversify into every area of the country you know we did mm -hmm. like our new partner lives in Devon so oh, okay. yeah like and I've actually never met him because he, oh. <laughs> he was I've actually never met him he was onboarded in November and when we went into lockdown so and then we obviously came out we had christmas and then we went back in so yeah. um so we've actually never met so that's the world we now live in yeah um, but actually it's opened our opened our eyes to obviously taking on more people who are you know further away because we probably would have been like oh maybe they do need to come to the office first well actually do they do they yeah so um so yeah so that's lots lots of plans around that and um and the, the well-being stuff is obviously we can do that anywhere in the world. So I would like to take Thrive Global. Um, we can't necessarily, obviously, with the legal side, it's a bit more complicated in that, you know, I'm only a UK employment lawyer. Um, but with the DNI and the, the well-being work that we do, um, sky's the limit. Amazing. Wow. That sounds like a very solid plan. <laughs> to say the least yeah it definitely sounds, it definitely sounds well, like you know exactly what you want to do with it well domination building in london is going to change to thrive yeah literally well i'm actually writing two books as well um so a lot of books that i know <laughs> so <laughs> i'm writing an employment law book where, with a barrister friend of mine and we're creating some tech uh, so we're launching right. that company. Uh, in fact, we've got our first business meeting on that tomorrow. And I'm also writing a book about the elephant in the room, mental health, bullying, 
um, in the workplace and all of that stuff. So there, there's about six of us co-authoring that book. Um, so both of those I'm hoping to, to, to do this year. Not sure. Is when, this an but... exclusive as well? Is this another exclusive? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, dropping these exclusives. I know. Exactly. Bomb, bomb, bomb. <laughs> Coffee beans and a cocktail. <laughs> probably gonna let jody go we're gonna let her free now yeah we're gonna let her free we finally did what, this what? podcast yeah what we'll do, thank we'll, you we'll... <laughs> oh, yeah it is yeah. definitely definitely worth it and thank you for asking me oh thank you jody Brave. thank you thank you, thank you, thank you so we're, much we're just little and we're growing yay yeah. well then rachel you've got to come to leeds and then the three of us will go for espresso martinis yes yes yeah well i've got to go to leeds to meet him anyway because it's the same with us exactly. we talk 15 times a day and we've never met I love it. Well, also, you need to meet my team as well. They're all so lovely. So love um, we'll, just, we'll yeah. hop on a Thrive Night Out. We'll yeah, just, just come on, join us on a Thrive Night Out. <laughs> Thank you very much for everyone that has listened today on our uh, another episode on our little podcast. If you want to keep updated with us, um, you can follow us on Twitter at the Legal Social One or on Instagram at Legal Social Club. So, other than that, we shall see you in the next episode. 